0: Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Mind Muscle Connection Podcast. Today is a Q&A episode, and I'm going to dive into three questions that I've had on Instagram. But first, before I do that, um, here's just a few ways you can help support the podcast. So first, if you have found this podcast to be helpful or useful in any way, if you could leave a rating and review, and that will help other people find this podcast uh, so they can potentially get something out of this podcast like you did. Next, uh, if you could follow me on Instagram at Jeff H. 91 underscore. And that's where I'm most active with my content. So if you want to stay up to date, follow me there. And then lastly, I have my one-on-one online coaching service. And with that, I hope you lose body fat and build muscle with my strategic dieting and training methods. We look at things like your lifestyle and biofeedback to visualize your training and nutrition program to you and your specific needs. I also find that there's also at least like one to two bottlenecks, whether that be from a mindset standpoint or lifestyle standpoint um, that we figure out that's keeping you from seeing results, right? Sometimes it goes deeper than the training and nutrition program. Again, those are important and they're definitely going to be more geared towards you and what you need. But there's also things outside, like I said, mindset wise that typically keep clients from seeing the results they want. And those are things that we'll dive into. So if you are interested in that, the link is in my show notes. Um, you can also reach out on Instagram or anywhere if you have more questions on it, and we can chat there. So with that out of the way, let's dive into today's question. So first question I got was, is it possible to do three mini cuts a year for two weeks to get in and get out? What is the minimum number of weeks? So is it possible? I mean, of course it's possible. You can certainly do that, right? Like there's no hard cut rules here of like, oh, hey, you can, you have to mini cut this many times. You can't do it this many. You have to do, like, there's no hard cut rules there, Right. So of course it's possible, um, but I'm sure the person that asked this was like, is that possible to see results with it? Okay. And it's really hard to answer that question just based off, Hey, yep yeah, here, here it is. Right. Like there's so many things that go into it. And again, this is why you know I talked about here at the beginning with my online coaching service, the one-on-one it's like, these are things that we look into and we take into consideration. I can give you, I'm go- going to give you some recommendations here, my thoughts on this, but this, this is where, again, it's like, you can take this information and, Um, Apply it to yourself, but at the end of the day, it's going to be based on where you're at, right? Like, so for some for some people, you know, two weeks of mini cutting is not going to do anything. For some person, that may for somebody, it might do a little bit more, right? So it's really all dependent. Now, again, like I said, it all depends on what your goal of mini cut would be slash your current goals. So, is your goal to lose overall body fat? Like, are you trying to get leaner in this process? If so, six weeks in a deficit in a year likely won't be enough to lose any substantial amount of body fat. You know, especially in two week timeframes, that's not enough time for there to be anything to actually happen. Um, Right. So again, if you're, if you're trying to like lean out six weeks is again, it's going to be dependent on the person, but six weeks likely is not going to be enough to see any substantial body fat loss. Right now, again, this is going to be dependent on how much, how high the calorie, how big the calorie deficit is that you're in, how lean you are, things like that. Right. Again, if you're leaner, you know, you're not going to see a big change. You're not going to see as big of a change, right? If you're somebody that maybe has a little bit more body fat, you might lose a little bit more fat just because you have more available, right? So that's going to play a role. But again, the energy deficit's also going to be key here. It's not like, oh, hey, you just do a mini cut and it's this like set amount. It's, it's going to be dependent on many different things, right? But also here is it, you know, what I typically use a mini cut for is I'll use it in a building phase in between. When it's like, you know, maybe body fat got a little high, maybe hunger's really low, um, and you just have been spending a lot of time in a calorie surplus. That's where I implement mini cuts, right? So it's not for everybody and it's a more advanced tactic there, right? So if that's you, you know, is is your goal to improve hunger so you can eat more slash take a break from maintenance slash surplus, then I would say this is an okay strategy to take these kind of mini cuts throughout the week or throughout the year like that, just to get you out of like being in the surplus. But again, the goal is not to lose like body fat there. So again, if your goal is to lose body fat, you're going to be much better off taking longer periods of time to cut like anywhere from like eight to 16 weeks. Again, some some people can get away with six weeks. I don't think that that's necessarily long enough to really see too much progress because, again, you have to be you'll, – you'll wean out for sure if you're in a calorie deficit. But you, know, you are going to have to be in a little bit more of a calorie deficit if you want to see a substantial amount. Um, And, you know, you're just going to have to be very like on top of your deficit, right? Like there's really no flexibility there with it. So in terms of like a conventional cut, you know, I think eight to 16 weeks is going to be where you're at there with it. And that's, what's going to get you to, you know, lose a substantial amount of body fat. It it takes time. Tissue change takes time. So these two week mini cuts would only like really the only thing that those would do again, would be if you're not worried about, if, if your main goal isn't, to lose body fat right now, it's more so to gain. And I think these can be helpful to give you more time to gain because you're going to be taking that time away from uh, being in a calorie surplus for so long. Um, But again, what is the minimum number of weeks? So again, with all that, like, you know, it depends on what your goal is. But if you're going to run a conventional cut where you do want to see a substantial amount of fat loss, then 18, eight to 16 weeks is going to be kind of your um, time frame there of how long it would take. Again, for some people, you, we can go longer than that depending on the rate of loss. Again, the quicker the rate of loss, the the, the shorter it needs to be. Um, but with that comes you know, increased hunger. Uh, it's going to be much tougher to stay adherent to that. So there are some downsides with it because on paper, it's like, well, I'll just go faster. Right. But. There's things that we have to take into consideration here that's not just, oh, hey, if you go faster, you lose more weight. You, know, you obviously have to think about adherence, what stuff you have going on, what's the environment like, what's your diet skill, things like that. They're all going to play an important role here. So, again, is it possible to do three, many cuts a year for two weeks to get in and out? Yes, but you're not, you, you can't expect to, again, if your goal is fat loss, to see very much change in just a six week deficit spread out you know, two weeks at a time, three times a year. Um, yeah, you'll lose some weight. Cause it will be like, you'll see some like water weight fluctuations, but you won't actually lose like any tissue in that amount of time. It's just not long enough. There has to be a little bit more time there um, with it. So again, eight to 16 weeks. There's typically what I recommend for fat loss phases. All right. So next is protein consume immediately after a workout, uh, a weightlifting workout question mark. Um, how much, So this just comes down to this is kind of like a protein timing question. So, so here's kind of my thoughts on this one. So total protein intake for the day is priority number one. Okay, so what you do throughout the entire day is number one, right? It's like you could have the perfect timing, but if you're hitting, you know, say 100 grams of protein, but you want to hit 150, it's like you're still short, right? You could have it nailed perfectly, spread out throughout the day, but again, if you don't have that total intake for the day, there, um, you're you're missing out on a big chunk of the of of the benefits you're going to get from protein so we need to first focus on your total intake for the day right so get that nailed down first um if it's off by a little bit where that's not evenly spread throughout the day that's fine or one meal has more than others that's fine so again first focus on that then next we want to focus on spreading that evenly throughout the day so what i mean by that is say 150 grams of protein is what you're trying to hit for the day if you do like 100 of it in one meal and then you do like 10 and like 10 or whatever, you know, or 10, 20, 20, it's like, that's probably not ideal. We want to try to spread that out evenly um, throughout the day there. Okay. Uh, So long as you know, those, those things and don't go too long without protein before and after your workouts, you don't have to stress about getting protein in right after your lift. Okay. So that's my big thing there. It's like, If you hit your protein for the day, you already got like 90%. You're already like 90% of the way there. Next, it's like if you evenly spread it out throughout the day, you're like 99% of the way there. From there, it's like, okay, maybe. and if you do that, you're, you're pretty much going to be in a good spot and you don't have to necessarily stress about getting your protein shake in right after you workout, Right. I think there was kind of that misconception for a while where it was like, Hey, you lift, you got to get your protein in right after. And that's only the only time you really need to get protein in after you lift is if you go into that workout fasted and, or you haven't had protein for like four or five, six hours before that workout, then it's like, yeah, you really need to get it in afterwards. But if you ate within three hours and it was a mixed meal too, right. Where you had protein, carbs, fats in it, it's like you don't, you don't have to stress about getting that protein in 20 minutes after you work out. Okay. Now what I'll say on this though, is that getting protein in right after your lift can help you hit your total protein intake for the day, right? That's a tool that can help you hit it for the day. So if you're somebody that's low, getting it in right after you work out can help with your total daily intake and can help you get closer to your goal that you need to hit. Right. So I think that's a a smart way to go about it. And that can be a way to add in more protein throughout the day. So it's like, Again, people put too much stock into getting protein in after your workout, but then people hear it's not as important. So then they go long periods of time without it. So it's just, we just want to make sure we don't go super long without protein around our workouts and getting it in after or before can help you hit your total intake. Now, protein before your workout is not going to help, like help from like a performance standpoint, right? So I would say 25 to 40 grams is a good amount to shoot for per meal and after your lift. And again, that's a good way to again, spread that out throughout the day and, um, Again, if you do that 25 to 40 afterwards, that's, you know, almost say your goal is 150 grams of protein for the day. That's almost a third of the protein that you need for the day. Right. Um, I was going to say one more thing on this, I can't think it's for some reason, I just, I can't remember what I was going to say on that. So, um, but I I went over the main things there that you need to know uh, about the, about the protein. Okay. Um, so that's, that's how I would go about that. So next question is, and it's now more on protein here. Uh, issue if majority of protein consumption comes through drinks and bars. So here's my two potential issues that I see. Okay. So first is not great from a hunger management aspect. Okay. So protein is very satiating, but particular protein sources play a big role in that. Okay. So what I mean by that is bars and proteins tend to be protein sources that don't necessarily help with satiation, right? It's typically like your uh, food sources of protein you know in my experience for myself and with clients bars and shakes don't really fill you up like actual food sources of protein do so there's a hunger management aspect of it okay it's like yeah you're hitting your protein and you know protein technically is satiating but if the the sources of protein are going to play a big role in that so that's my first big concern here with this is the hunger management part of it so look at that next you could you could be potentially missing out on vitamins and minerals that are in actual, food sources of protein. Okay. I, I feel like these, these, shakes and bars aren't going to have the vitamins and minerals that you're going to find in, uh, actual like animal meats and things like that right now. This is, this is from an animal meat standpoint. You know, there's obviously other great sources of protein that you can have if you're a uh, vegan or you, you just don't, you're, you're more plant-based, but and saying that, you know, if you are missing out on animal meats, things like that from your protein sources, you're going to, you know, you're going to miss out on things like vitamin B12, zinc, selenium, iron, niacin, vitamin B6, right? These are all things that are abundant in, in animal meat. So, uh, you know, that's my other big concern there is that you're going to be missing out on those things. One other thing that I, I didn't mention um And and also the shakes and bars that you have, I mean, look to see what is in them um, because some do have vitamins and minerals. And so, um, you know, depending on the the brand that you have there, you might not be missing out on those things. um, But that is something to look out for. Next, you know, in terms of the hunger management aspect of it that I forgot to mention, too, in my um, response on Instagram is that. You know, there's something about chewing food too that I think, especially things that require more chewing, like animal meats, that that does really kind of um, help you uh, limit your caloric intake. So, uh, you know, that's um, one aspect that you're missing out on. And so, I, you know, kind of my rule of thumb here is I try to keep protein shakes and bars at less than 50% of protein intake um, per day. Now, look, I understand there's going to be some days where you, you're just going to have to be on the go a little bit more. And if you do this from time to time and it's more than 50%, don't stress it. Like it's fine. It's going to happen. You're going to have days where you just need to get protein in and it's not going to be to fully maximize hunger management and, and things like that. So if it happens every once in a while, no big deal, just follow through. Just that's going to be better for that day than, um, than before, or then, then just, you know, being like, Oh, I got to get all my protein through uh, food. So I'm just not going to get protein. So again, if it happens from time to time, that's fine. I also think that what phase of nutrition you're in plays a role. You know, if you're focused on gaining weight, you can probably get away with a bit more from like bars and shakes because you're not necessarily overly focused on like mitigating hunger. Um, you're just, you are just trying to get protein. in. so like in that, in that point, it could, it might be a little bit easier to eat a little bit more, um, Bars and and protein and whatnot. Now, again, you could be potentially missing out on those vitamin minerals that I talked about. And from a gut standpoint, like, is that going to be the greatest either? Uh, If you do that, maybe, maybe not. You just have to, that's where, you know, individual, your individual response to it is super important. But when cutting, you know, I think you're better off increasing protein intake from actual food sources. And again, supplementing with the bars and uh, protein shakes when you need to um, and on an as-need basis and try to keep it under 50% when, when cutting. Because, again, we're trying to mitigate, you know, we're trying to get when you're cutting, you're trying to get in, uh, you know, you're trying to elicit that calorie deficit, which is typically going to require less food. And so you're trying to walk that fine line of getting enough calories in, but also making sure that you're not like starving all the time either. So uh I think the phase of nutrition you're in also plays a, a big role in, in this. So those are my potential issues there with more uh, protein coming through like bars and drinks rather than food sources. So that's it for this week, guys. Um, if you have any questions, again, you can ask them on Instagram and I will uh, pick my top three from the week. And, uh, you know, again, you might get them answered on here in a little bit more in depth. It's you know always hard to answer it as in depth as I can on here, um, but still try to give the best answer I can on Instagram. So that's it for now, guys. I will talk to you next time.